God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. Brothers and sisters, how do you approach temptation? Consider the last time you were aware of a temptation to sin. It could be something big or something small, or perhaps the general pattern of sin in your life. How do you approach temptation? What did you do? How did you fight against this temptation? How we try and resist temptation usually reflects our beliefs about God. Maybe not the, the beliefs we say with our, our, our mouths, but the, the beliefs that we, we actually hold, the way that we actually see God. Sometimes we can consider God as a policeman trying to catch us. Or perhaps uh, God for us is like an accountant who's far away and who tallies our credits and our debts, adding them up for the final judgment. Neither of these images of God adequately captures, brothers and sisters, who God is for you and I. God is not a policeman, and he's not an accountant. He's our father. A father who so loves the world that he sent his son to die that we might have life. The son who is God became the firstborn of all creation. In that beautiful parable of the prodigal son, The point is that the father goes out to search for the son who is wayward. He goes out to both of his sons. And our true older brother is Christ Jesus who comes and is the image of the father searching for you and for I. He's the one in whom we have our sonship because he loves us. To call us back, to call fallen humanity back to himself, he became man and dwelt among us. So what should we do when we're faced with temptation? I want to invite you uh, to pray, but to pray in a specific way next time you face temptations. It's a little bit silly, but there's an acronym, A-R-R-R-R, right? Sometimes this is called praying like a pirate, because pirates say R. It's a little cheesy, but I think that that actually helps us get that acronym in in uh, in our head. So first, to resist temptation, you have to acknowledge that it's there. Whatever it is... Uh, you have to say, yes, I'm being tempted by this. To be, acknowledge, to be able to acknowledge the temptation, we need to be aware that we might be tempted. I encourage you to continue to grow in self-knowledge. Parents, help your kids to grow in self-knowledge as well, right? Help them to think about what they're thinking, what they're feeling, what they're desiring in, in, in moments of joy and in moments of difficulty, so that they can use words to, to say, I feel this way, I think this way, I desire this. We need to know, brothers and sisters, as we grow in that self-awareness, also what situations and what circumstances tend to make us more disposed to sin. 
to ask ourselves those hard questions. But never by ourselves, always with the Lord, realizing that it's His Holy Spirit that gives us the strength to do so. It also takes humility to admit that we are being tempted or that we're being tempted in a particular situation or in a particular way. Sometimes in the midst of temptation, another uh, another temptation comes along from pride. Pride enters our hearts and we say something like, I'm beyond that temptation. I can overcome that. I couldn't be tempted in that way. Resist those thoughts. Say to yourself, I am a weak sinner, but God loves me. And he will not allow me to be tested beyond my strength. In these moments, especially, we have to take heed lest we fall and acknowledge first to ourselves that we are tempted. As St. Thomas Aquinas said, commenting on the reading that we had from Corinthians today, they don't crackle in the furnace who do not have the wind of pride. May I suggest also, brothers and sisters, that we, in our conversation with God in this way, that we be specific about this. Do not say I'm being tempted to a, a wide variety of things, but I am tempted to do this or that rather than something in general. After we've acknowledged that we are tempted, we have to relate that to God. Well, we actually have a decision to make. We can either allow ourselves to entertain that temptation or we can take it to God. The question we need to ask ourselves is, do we ask for grace or choose to follow the temptation? Now, you might be saying, well, God already knows what I'm tempted to. Well, of course he does. He knows everything. But just as you as a parent or you as someone, an uncle, or you know, you want to hear what's going on in the life of your child, so also God wishes to hear what we're struggling with, what we're dealing with. Relating our temptations, our thoughts, our feelings, our desires to God doesn't need to be fancy. Our beautiful prayers in the Catholic tradition help us to do this. But we also need to just speak from our heart to the Lord. Speak to him as if you were speaking to your best friend. Because Christ Jesus said, I no longer call you slaves. Rather, I've called you friends. He wants to know your hurts and your desires because he loves you. Next, after you've related this to God, comes the most challenging part. Receiving his love. We live in a society that values activity greatly. One of the great beauties of this, the extraordinary form of the Roman rite, is that in the low mass especially, there's silence in a lot of the, a lot of the part of the mass. And that should teach us something, brothers and sisters. Receiving is much more fundamental to Christianity than doing. 
Think of Mary, for example. Mary received the message of the Lord, and she said, let it be done unto me. This receiving is not passive by any means, but is an active searching for the Lord. We have to let him love us. One time, uh, a few years ago, I hurt my leg pretty bad, and uh, an athletic trainer friend was working with me to help it heal. And as he was working on my leg, he repeatedly had to tell me to relax. And the thing was, the harder I tried to relax those muscles in my legs, the more I failed to do that. I think something similar goes on sometimes in our spiritual life. We don't know how to simply receive the love of God. Let yourself be loved, brothers and sisters, just as you are with your struggles, with your temptations, with your sins even. God loves you. He loves you. Simply bask in that fact that he loves you. Nothing can change that. He's loved you from the beginning. You are his son or daughter. From that love, brothers and sisters, it is then that we act just as Mary acted. From this love, she went in haste. She went in haste to serve her brothers or her, her sister, her cousin, Elizabeth. We respond to that love and we live as a son or a daughter. God is truly faithful. He gives us the power that we may not be vanquished and grace that we may merit, constancy that we may conquer, says Thomas Aquinas. You are, brothers and sisters, each of you, a temple of the Holy Spirit, far more valuable than the temple that was mentioned in today's gospel. Christ on the mount overlooking Jerusalem, wept because of the sins of the city. He wept because they did not know who they were in God's eyes. The Lord, whenever we are tempted, whenever we fall into temptation, whenever we sin, he weeps for you and for I. But more than that, look at what he does in the gospel today, brothers and sisters. He's not passive. He goes into the temple and he takes out the robbers. He removes the, the money changers. You and I, if we invite him, he will do the same for you and I. He desires to enter into the temple of our hearts, to cleanse it of the robbers, of the sins, of the temptations, of those things which are not in accord with our dignity as sons and daughters of his Father. Those things which cause us harm. Let him love you, brothers and sisters. Receive that love and live in freedom from sin.